How are you doing with fantasy league right now? In my regular, like, year-long fantasy league yeah. drafts, I, I won all my games this week, but uh, I did not do good in uh, draft in, uh, games. Draft games, Love the daily fantasy. Love I got, the daily I got fantasy. one. I got one tonight that's still. I have some players in, but I, of course, you know, we're, when I'm out here on the ship, they block the sides, so I can't. I can't yeah, no, isn't that awesome? Is it awesome? Don't don't have fun now. Do you remember anybody that? Uh, did you have anybody that killed it? Did you have Aaron Rodgers this weekend? Right, you didn't. I had Aaron Rodgers and Jordy Nelson in one league, uh, and then I had uh, I had Ryan Tannehill did good. He had three TDs and like 400 yards. Now, I now I enjoyed watching you watch. The Miami football game. That was now, an emotional roller coaster. It was horrible. You know, quick sidebar. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, dudes and dudettes, this is the Comedy Fitness Fantasy Football Podcast. But we're really doing the Comedy Fitness Football Podcast. I mean, oh, jeez. I can edit stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Comedy Fitness Podcast. But we're going to take a quick sidebar and do the Comedy Fitness Fantasy Football Podcast. This is your host, Don Gray. I'm always trying to bring comedy and fitness to you, to my passion, bring it to you every week, something fresh, something new. Today... I am talking to a, what's becoming, I would think, a good friend. It's very one-sided. I consider him a good friend. I think he considers me slightly annoying. But yeah, I have no. I have a gentleman here, Tony yeah. Esposito. Yes. Big Tony. How you doing, sir? I'm hanging in there, man. One, one more day before we go home. One more day. Thank you for putting up with me, man. It's been a good cruise, though. It's been fun, yeah. I've been out for two weeks. I don't ever, I never stay out this long. It was a long time. I rarely ever do that. So, uh, yeah, I'm ready to be in my own bed. You got the family at home, and I know you're, you, you, know, you like the family. Yeah, I do. I actually yeah. enjoy my family. You're one of the few comics that says, yeah. no, I want to go home. Yeah, I do. I do want to be home. Yeah, I found I was always running. But now, dude, all right, back to the comedy fitness fantasy football podcast sideway real quick. Now, I was watching you watch the Miami game. Yeah, I'm, right. I'm, a, I'm a diehard Dolphin fan. It's, it's rough. No, it is rough because like, it's a love, right? You're, it, you're in love with the team you have oh, been yeah. for a long time. Yeah. Since you were a kid. Since I was a baby. Now, was this a hereditary? Was it a family thing? Everybody was in a Dolphin fan? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty so much. you kind of got into it. And, and so I used to be a diehard Raiders fan. I, a lot of people on the Comic Fitness Podcast know that I broke up with the Raiders about six years ago because they weren't trying. It's a relationship. And if I love you, you have to love me. They did not respect me. And I fell out of love with them. It's like any other relationship. In fact, it's my hardest breakup ever. Have you ever thought about such a thing? Uh, no. <laughs> I guess I'm just in an abusive relationship. <laughs> I can't get out. I think that's the no only... Way, man. I think that's the. I think sports is the only one-sided abusive relationship that men will stand because I think it is like emotion for men and I think sometimes, you know, we'll even put more into that than putting our real relationship. I love, I love the Raiders more than I have loved a lot of people and I'm not kidding. It affects me. Like, it affects me when we lose, especially when we lose to a rival or games we're not supposed to lose, it it like ruins my week. Dude, it affected yesterday because one, it was Cleveland Browns. And yeah, you're like, and, you're, and you're, like, you're like, even after the win, you're like, Wah. yeah, and you were still happy. slightly angry after winning. But a win's a win. Yes. So to, to, like today, I'm I'm just I'm glad we won. And you like Tannehill, uh, Tannehill. You like Tannehill like every other play. I love to watch it. Like, dude, oh yeah, I, mean, I don't. I'm not. You know, it's it emotion. It, is. I'm it not, hurts. He's not an. I, he is not a ninety six million dollar franchise qb no that's a lot of money that's, that's a lot of they're, they're paying people too much but now but now but i loved the tradition tra- transition to fantasy football like i loved getting into that because now it's my team it's don's team it's very personal it's all mine i have control over it and i found that i like football even more now and i don't have the same emotional ups and downs that i did when i was a team fan of just the raiders and you know hated who they hated and liked who they liked but like i can't watch the raiders still 
I still can't watch them. Like after you break up with them, it's like seeing your girlfriend like across the street with another guy. I can't watch them. I, but every once in a while, I check on them. I stalk them, but I don't can't watch them. It's really weird. It's just like a chick because I've I've done that to women too. It's I don't know. It's more frustrating to me the daily fantasy. It's it's a crapshoot, man. I mean, you 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 think you know like. Like yesterday, no yeah. one expected Trevor Simeon to throw 400 Trevor. yards and four TDs. So Killed it. If, if, if somebody has him in that lineup and that's your league, you're toast. You don't even look at it anymore. It's all about the sleeper picks. Speaking about sleeper picks, dude, you got a good theory that I like about garbage time. You know, you like – and like, Town Hill was part of that because you – Oh, lot yeah. Of, I mean, well, I, did, I did – even in my regular fantasy league last year, like it, when you – there's a few com- there's a few quarterbacks out there that you can that are going to put up huge fantasy numbers and they never win anything. Like, yeah, Tannehill, Tannehill's one of those because they're always playing from behind. And yeah, you, you don't even you can't even turn those games on until the second half because the Tannehill made a living last year fantasy, three hundred yards, three TDs, but it's all garbage time. It's all chasing. Matt, yeah. Matt Stafford's another one. Matt yeah, let's Ryan's, name some names. Matt Ryan's another one's always you know they're always playing from behind. Yep, Stafford, chasing. Ryan. Yeah, it's true. So. I mean, you know, I, I I didn't. If I hadn't been a fan of the Dolphins and hadn't been a fan of, you know, of, or I hadn't seen Tannehill doing this, I, that probably would have never occurred to me. But I'm like, man, you know, this guy, I, those guy, and those guys are initially looked at in fantasy drafts as high as high picks because you know pe- people associate winning, and it's not and when it comes to fantasy, it does, you don't care if the team wins or loses. It doesn't not make at a all. Difference. Not at all. In garbage time, numbers. that's a real, I mean, I like that theory too, and I think I think it can work. I've always leaned toward. Quarterback score a lot of points over the, over a season, and I want a solid one that I can really, really, really depend on. And I don't mind drafting a quarterback a little high or spending a little bit more on a quarterback that I'm pretty sure I do like the Braves. I drafted Brady in all my fantasy, all my long term fantasy leagues, because no one else was getting him. He was available until like the fifth round, and I'm like, dude, he's gonna come back in the fourth week and be the fifth week and be very upset. Yeah, he's. Uh, You're not a fan of Mr. Brady. No, no, that's a sore subject. I'm not no. a fan of the Patriots. No, I understand. Either. I understand. It's easy not to like them. He's uh, is five Super Bowls. I don't. I don't count. It's something. Yeah, it's hard to count after a few. And then uh, if it's five, it's five too many. He's married to a supermodel, and he's basically living every 13 year old boy's dream. You know, and he's a skinny kid from what Michigan or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he shouldn't even be in the league. So I mean, it's it's amazing. It's a, it's amazing what they do. But I understand the hate. I do understand the hate now. As far as fantasy, like uh, the gambling part of it, you know, I know some people think it's gambling. Some people just think it's, uh, you know, a nice it's game. Gambling. It's gambling. We're spending money. We're to win money. But you know what? It's no different than the stock market or anything else. The stock market is the most gambling. It's comical what they consider legal gambling and what's not legalized gambling. But it's, you know. Yeah, some of my most reckless friends dabble more in the stock market. I mean, that's to me like, in, in real estate, and then they get on me for like, dude, you do fantasy football, dude, you're flipping houses. They pass. Like I, I read this article the other day. Seventy-five million dollars a weekend passes through FanDuel, and they rake about ten percent. So they they they're they're netting just on football every weekend. They're netting like seven and a half million. And that's after giving away a few million a weekend. Like they did they, they have, a weekend. They have a license to print money, man. It's insane. No, it's better than porn. No, it's absolutely better than porn. But I love fantasy, and it really has saved. You know, really has saved. You know, my football life. I love it. I love it. And now. Before we uh, go back to fitness, the bonding it does with the boys. You got three boys. Oh, my kids. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, and I'm passing this disease on to them. But they it's want it, man. Lot. It's about love. Well, they, just want to, they want to do what you want to do. They want to hang out with Pop. And yeah. they hang out with Pop for football. And that, But that's, again, like like your seven-year-olds. Dude, I 
they don't really even understand the game totally. They, no, they, no. they know how it works, but there's so many rules in football. It's well, all my, rules. My 10-year-old, though, he's into it big time. 10-year-old seems like he's studying. He like does. He's studying he does. like football he's a, conferences. He drafts. He's in a league with me. That's awesome. Money league. Yeah, he's in a money league. We put, I put him in a money league this year. That's awesome. So. Wow, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten-year-old kid in a $1,000 league. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, it's not spoiled at all. It's a hundred dollar league. Oh, I'm sorry, I added a zero. And I, I and I'll if he wins, I'll give him some candy or something. Oh, you're gonna take his money. Yeah, but you give him some candy. Well, it's, not his, it's my money. Oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's always a conversation I have. And I was jealous of you because you were. It was weird. I was love watching the game because you were going up and down watching the game. Yeah, but then you had your boy, and you guys were doing FaceTime. Well, you know, Face Audio. Yeah, yeah. yeah and chat, dude, AJ was so excited. It was awesome. Like, yeah, dad, why you man? Funny kid, by the way. He doesn't care that you know. He doesn't. He doesn't. You know, when you're that age, you just want to win. Yeah. Don't care that you. That we look because we looked horrible. It was not anything fun. Oh no, the Browns good. basically lost the game. Yeah, they missed three field goals. Yeah, but it's again a win to win. Yeah, the wins wins. But now football is about love and family, and I always tell people again: if you're having problems, divorce your team. Divorce your team, leave them, go to the fantasy, go to fantasy life, and it'll be fantastic. But now, back to the comedy, fitness, fantasy football. Back to the Comedy Fitness Podcast. Luckily, I'm getting better at editing. Welcome to the Comedy Fitness Podcast again. I'm here with Tony Esposito. And Tony, you've been on ships for... 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. You've been out here a while. And like, as far as Carnival goes, like I'm, I've am i been with Carnival seven years. Um, I'm very honest about where I am in comedy. I'm good. You know, I like where I'm, I'm doing. I like where I'm going. I always want to get better. You are one of the top cats out here. Yeah. No, I know you're very humble. No, you're not. Nice. opinion. No, you're nice. You're not. No, no, but I, but you know, I actually know these things, and it's not an opinion. You are one of the top cats out here. You're doing fantastic. Your your shows are awesome, uh, whether it's PG or uh, your adult shows. It, it, it's it's absolutely great. You do five different ones, but now it took you a while to get there. But in the early career, when did you know that you could make this a profession and and actually do this as a living? When was that jump? Yeah, I, I don't know. It's it's. I started doing it. I started doing it when I was. I had a regular job. I actually lived. I moved from Florida shortly after I got married to my first wife, and we lived in Erie, Pennsylvania. You moved from Florida, yeah, to Erie, was, Pennsylvania. Yeah, I got promotion. I was working for GT. Mm. Believe it or not, before Verizon, it was GT. Yeah, and um, I used to go to this open mic all the time up there, and and my buddies were like, "Oh, you should go up there and tell jokes." We used to go after work. It was at a bar we went to. They're like, you should go up there and tell your stories that you're always telling or whatever. And and even then, I didn't think I will. You know, it was just a hobby. Yeah. But uh, my, my ex hated living in Erie. We were both from Florida, and she missed her family and missed her. So I was like, look, well, if I make this jump and I go back to Florida, I want to pursue this comedy thing. I know there's a lot more opportunity. We ended up going back to Orlando. But I, didn't, I, I really didn't, uh, to be honest with you. I just didn't. Uh, I was never really a hardcore road comic. I, w- I only worked the road for about three years, and I got in with lucky Carnival. you, by the way. That's yeah. not a ba- that's, that's a badge of honor. But I, yeah. I got in with Car- I got in with Carnival very early, and uh, but I, I think right before Car, it's like funny. There was a, like every like every few months something would come along, and I'd be like, "Well, I'm going to quit comedy. This is." Not making any money. It's, yeah. it's it is what it is. The we'll politics would get uh, get to you. Other comics, yeah. You know, the, the the agents, managers, bookers, the mess, the messy and, part. Yeah, of it's horrible. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just do this. And then like something would open up. Like I was, like you know, the all the the small B rooms and the you know the bonkers and the and the bonkers the, comedy zones. Yeah, comedy zones. You know, yeah. Well, they I, I, they started to, to headline me, so I got to start yeah. headlining some crummy rooms, which you know still. You're not making. You're making enough money to get to where you got to go next, or whatever. Professional comedian. 
Uh, I had no kids at that point, uh, but I thought, okay, well, I'll keep doing this. And then, of course, you know, you can only live so long with no, with no money or little money and yeah. you're not seeing like like, a, like a, the big picture. And, and what was hard is I came from making money. I, I had a great job. Yeah, was, good job. Yeah, I had a good job. I was making money. And I'm like, so I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to make this a hobby, get another regular job. And then I got started getting casino work. And, mm. and I started getting and – and the casino work was good. And I thought, okay, well, man, now I'm actually – Got a little bit of money left over in my pocket and whatever, and then uh, a good fan, a good friend of my family, uh, the, the Zuniga family, they they've performed for Carnival for years. They're oh, juggling, yeah, circus family. Yeah, they are. But uh, my brother dated their sister all through high school, and uh, they their family's like legendary with Carnival. Oh no, they're big out here. You know the, the Z, and, uh, you know them all. They got me. Uh, they they said, look, let me take your stuff to the powers that be. At the time, it was a fellow by the name of Chris Prudhoe, and. And I got in on good recommendation. And I, I mean, when I got in here, you were only required, and you, technically they say you still are, but we all know this is it's a lie. bullshit. But <laughs> you, you required to have one half hour clean, one half hour dirty. And, and we only did two shows back then when I started. And when I tell you, I, I barely had <laughs> a half hour clean, a half hour dirty. I barely yeah. had it. And uh, so I, I kind of like, I made my bones out here on, on the ships, man. I got in and, you know, and then at, at at that early stage in comedy, I was getting to be in front of three thousand people every week. Exactly, which is like I tell people you. don't get that stage time when no. you're on land. So no, all, all the comics that ever knocked this gig, I'm like, guys, it's not the Chuckle Hut. Every my, the room sold out every night, and it's people from all across America, sometimes the world, a lot of times the world, who did not come here together. Meaning that the people sitting at the table, even if your joke hits, it means it's probably a good joke. Not not because they did not. It's not about being from Erie or being from. Jacksonville or being from, you know, it's not about specifically these ge geographical places sometimes we get locked into when we do comedy. It's about, no, this joke is funny, this is my material, and you make, you know, an old lady from Sioux Falls, Iowa laugh, and you got, you know, um, a dude from Compton laughing, and you got well, there's, there's no laughing. there's nowhere else you go on land, and there's your front row, there's a 40-year-old couple, a 6-year-old kid, and an 80-year-old couple. I mean, this is, you don't, you don't see that on land. No, and they all need jokes. Then everybody gets one. Now, um, the transition, though, okay, so for at first there was only one PG, one R, right? Yeah. And you would do how long was the run? You'd be out for uh, you couple, like two, three days. Yeah, boom, boom, go right back home, come yeah, right yeah. back. That's yeah, awesome. Was, I, I, I mean, after I was here for a little bit, I had a sweet schedule. I'd be out Monday to Wednesday one week, Monday to Thursday the next week, so I'd have every weekend open, which is great. That's great. That's so you can uh, still do other gigs. But now I found that when I got on shifts, I did a lot of riding. You know, I remember because they tell you you only have to do one half hour, and you got to do one. You did uh, a lot of. Well, I did a lot of writing because I, I, I when I got okay, on, of course, I thought you said rioting. Rioting? Oh no, that's lately. I live in Charlotte. That's a that's, 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 a, that's a rough go right now with the rioting. I understand. Now, as long as there's a debate tonight too, uh, the evil wicked witch versus the uh, your stupid your even you know, your evil wicked stepmother versus uh, basically your stupid racist uncle. That's oh, yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's rough out there. But like, no, no, rioting. You know, I've had my practice though. I do want, <laughs> I do want my new TV. But, but now, okay, writing the material because I, I found what made me change is when they when they started doing more shows. They were said it's okay to repeat, which I did. Like it's okay to repeat. I had a lady in my family show go, heard it. You did that last show. It changed my life. I yeah. mean, it changed my life. It, like literally, I spent the next two years writing like a demon, and now. I finally have five shows, and I like I like most of them, but I always want, I'm always looking for more. I always want more. You know, I'm very unsatisfied. Yeah, you gotta like I, I mix the, the, the one probably my last late show. 
I funnel stuff in and out of it. It's mostly topical stuff. Mm. I, I probably have gotten lazy over the years with writing like premise based stuff. I have like, you know, my four or five big premise bits that yeah. I like that are like, you know, I'll, I'll do forever. But, uh, I try, I guess my comedy workout is just trying to write topical stuff and then, you know, weaving in and out. So no, no, I, I, I would get bored. I'd be bored. If I didn't change up what I do, I, I couldn't go up there and do the same thing for years and years and years. And not. I don't know how people do it. And in fact, my, my thing, I mean, you know, with my act, I mean, I'm a nut anyways, but I'm playing Tetris up there anyway. There's no, I don't do segues and I, and I kind of mix it up every time. I don't really do improv, but my, my set list, the way I go, I mean, I write out a sketch, but I, it's where I kind of feel and want to go and i don't know how i mean i see i know that other people have an act begins middles ends they know exactly but i mean to me i would get really weird in my head it would be boring to me but i think it's partly the way i'm wired and also yeah, everybody's got a different process oh yeah i, I like i don't it's funny. Crazy. <laughs> like you work with some comics and i'll be like hey man let's let's go write and i don't i don't write i mean i, I don't, don't that- i don't sit down and like my I, I, I want at least I want the audience to feel like everything I'm doing is organic. Yeah, and uh, I I will write you know I'll take a note every now and again like oh I want to do this joke about farting in an elevator whatever whatever it is uh, uh, so I can remember it but I I write on stage I man I work everything out. You I literally do don't put anything on down on paper. No, I've never I don't I don't write my I write I, I, I like I say I might write an outline like you know do the whatever bit the bank bit or whatever whatever bit it mm-hmm. might be, but uh, I, I for me. I don't know if it's intentional or not, but like you know, there's nothing worse when you work out here with not and not anybody in particular, but when you when you work with one comic for a while, yeah, and you can set your watch to their joke, yeah. And, know, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys are like that, yeah. for good and bad. I mean, it's but to it's, me, it's, over time, I mean, eventually, if you the audiences, they're like dogs, man. They can sense like if you're being genuine or if you're being they know if it's too contrived yeah well not only that i think they know when they just when guys are just going through the motions i'm like yeah. i don't ever want to go up there i mean I, I do my i do segues i do i tell stories and i i kind of want the people to walk away thinking that we just had a conversation yeah it's a very conversational style no it's a very conversational it's great but the conversational style but what i like is you don't you don't go into the crowd you don't attack the crowd no I, and i'll be honest with you I'm not, I'm not afraid nothing wrong with that i'm not ashamed but, to say it like not, i don't like I'm not an angry comic. I'm another. I'm not. I don't. I'm not. I'm not aggressive. I don't have an aggressive personality. Mm. So I and I'm. I'm just. I tell guys straight up. I just. I'm not good at crowd work, and I don't like when we're out here and we're doing these half hour. You know, half hour goes quick, quick to me, and I feel like I got too much to say. And the way I write my shows, if if I get the. The, the the appropriate response and the, and the, the, what I from what I get normally I don't even need a clock I can my, my show I can do my show and, uh, and almost hit it at a half hour on the nose so but, but where I get thrown off is if I skip a bit or I do something or I get into the crowd too much and the timing gets thrown off then I'm like okay well I've got to you know how it is when you're on stage man you can be doing your bit and and you 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 could be on autopilot and be thinking like fifty steps ahead or did I skip this? I so like you know you so I, and I'm I, I I hate doing that sometimes, but sometimes you got to do it. But for the most part, no, I think it's it's it, that's why I mean that's what's the brilliance of being on stage. And sometimes it, it you're telling a joke, you're literally talking, mm-hmm. you're refer, you're thinking about the next joke. You know, you're already thinking about it, but you're talking, you're actually talking. Yeah. You're thinking about the next joke, and you're still analyzing something weird that's having all in the crowd. Like sometimes I, after that, I'm like, why can't I build rockets? Like that's a lot of multitasking. I'm oh, yeah. saying something while thinking about something else. Sometimes two other things. 
and then you're also referencing something and you're also looking at something in the crowd. I, sometimes it's amazing, but I, I think it's also the reps. You know, you're act well enough that you can access other parts and, and go to different places. But now, how long do you think it took you from the beginning of working on the ship to where you got to where you are now? And do you know what I mean when I say that? Because where you are now yeah, is a good place. It's it, like we, I guess, I mean, I was just talking to somebody about this the other day. I was trying to figure out, you know, Carnival changed their, their, their comedy format. More we shows. Just, we used to do two shows when we got on. It was one family, one late, and that was it. And then when they started this this punchliner, which I want to say, God, it's been it's probably been six six. We you were, as punchliner I, when I, you I, came yeah, on board. I got hired for punchliner basically. Yeah, so it's about it's about seven years old then, and I would say probably about a year in, six months in, it, and it was an easy because that's the toughest part when when the guy when we hire new guys and, and I don't mean new to comedy but like when new guys come that's out it. here the toughest thing they have to do is you have to find a way to break your act down into 30 minute segments and make it and make it make sense yeah and uh so that's time sometimes I think carnival jumps the guns on on evaluating these guys because it's you got to you got to do this for six you got to have at least two shows a month three shows a month out here to, to get that to where you feel comfortable doing it. I agree. I, I think, uh, you know, I think I got really lucky in that when I first started one, I think it's more of a, also a personality thing. I'm not too big of an asshole, but two, I had really good cruise directors and, you know, people that were like very supportive of the fact that like, Hey, we know you're new. We really want you here. Um, we know, you, you know, we know that it's a, there's a learning curve because dude, my first cruise ever. Oh my God. I mean, it wasn't a train wreck show, but it was, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have a PG show. Yes. Well, I didn't have a PG show when I walked on the ship. And it's I, different, I totally man. Lied. It's it, how everybody else does their, like, yeah. you know, for me, I, I tell, you know, I tell these stories and my, my, I can, I have, always have a point of reference of where I'm at in my act because it's wherever I am in this, in this story, mm -hmm. which is, it's good that way, but then it's bad if you get off track. And then, you know, the way you do comedy, you're, you're all over the place. I'm all over the place. But your problem is, is that you have to, if if you start switching gears and jumping around, you have to remember what you did. If you're if you're telling people, I'm not repeating the next show or whatever. That's so why I have to write down a set list and I have to mark golf jokes that I've done. And after yeah. when I go back up, I go, okay, these aren't done. And I always have one up there just in case I have a brain fart. But you know, yeah, because I I mean I, I hate that. Like I hate when people you know they get so ahead of them, like, hey, did I already do that one? Yeah. Ugh. It's so unprofessional to me, and yeah. you know people have done it, and you know usually some of the guys who drink a lot, but <laughs> which happens. But now, okay, by the way, Don Gray here with Comedy Fitness Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll take a quick segue. Um, Don Gray, Comedy Fitness Podcast. How are you? We're here with Tony Esposito. What's up? Yeah, what's up? Now we're gonna switch it over. We're gonna go to fitness. Talk about health and fitness. Oh, Tony. yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that people that know who I am. Big Tony. When they run across this podcast, they're going to think it was a mistake. I, I Yeah, I'm a big, I mean, I'm, just a, I'm a big guy. Half of my act, well, I wouldn't say half, but a big portion of my act is talking about being a big guy, being a. I would disagree, but I know that's how you feel about it. Yeah, well, I, at least, huh. yeah. It's it's you, you, don't, you don't do a bunch of fat jokes about yourself, bro. But, I mean, I get it from your perspective. There, it might involve your weight, but you are no means a dude out there doing much fat jokes. Yeah, yeah, I know. What you, I, I see what you're saying, no. but it's like something I feel like you, if you got it, you have to address it. It's like you know, if you went out on stage with a with a parrot on your shoulder and you never talked about it, people would be like, "When's he gonna talk about this fucking parrot?" Right there, <laughs> yeah, is yeah, he so a pirate? Like, what the fuck is this one? So yeah, I mean, it's like you know, you 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 address the obvious stuff first, and then what? What do you weigh? Right, I I float around, man. I I 
I go anywhere from 280 to 300, but I, I, I usually am st- I'm, I'm usually stuck right around 280, 285. 5'10 and a half, 5'11? Yeah, 5'10. Mm-hmm. So have you always been always been big? Since uh, since high school. I mean, I, I played ball in high school uh, and uh, bad ankles. I've, I've ruptured my Achilles twice. I've had a couple surgeries on my ankles. So uh, when football went out the window, I kind of, uh, I, you know. I, and I kept, lineman, lineman. Yeah. And I kept the mentality and the appetite, but I stopped working out. So. A lot of ex-athletes, especially linemen, you still yeah. keep the same eating habits, but you're not getting the same, you know, athletic you know, output. But now, Achilles injury. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, ruptured and had the surgery. They said your other Achilles is short. You need to have that lengthened. So I did. I had it lengthened. And then uh, my senior year, ruptured again. And I was like, okay, well, this is, uh, they, just, they just said, you know, you're – genetically you've got this deal with your with your achilles and you're you know you're carrying around 300 pounds and you're pushing off on your ankle it's just just a bad combo so so basically since then you kind of maintained yeah around yeah that it's, way. it's, you know, it's you funny yo-yoing like, yo- yo- right i do like it, <laughs> i work with some of the uh, i work like there's a lot of you know there's a lot of guys out here that are fitness nuts i mean if you we don't have a lot of downtime yeah so yeah i go twice a day gym. just because there's nothing else to do and uh you know, I, there was a point where I was going to the gym. I, I mean, I, I got down at one point. I got down to like two sixty, which is, and I mean, wow. I, could, I could feel a big difference. You know? Yeah, you feel that. And at my biggest, there was a time. There was one point where, I, for a, for a small while, I was I was almost up to three. I got up to like three thirty, three forty at one time. Okay, did you feel the effects? Oh, you horrible! Feel it's it? Horrible! Horrible! I mean, even if when you lose, you no, know, you get down, you lose twenty twenty pound. What a difference you feel it in your knees, oh, big and time. your ankles, and and thirty pounds is magical. Not twenty nine, not thirty one. Thirty pounds you change the way people perceive you changes, the way you perceive yeah. yourself changes. And it's like so now, like I, I'm forty two now. Like I don't have you know my metabolism slowing down. Uh, I've got an umbilical hernia I got to get taken care of, which is keep which is keeping me out of the gym. So you've been I, working out, yeah. So and but normally because my routine was I would just go up, I just do a half hour of cardio. And but what I was gonna say, like some of these com- people are amazed. Number one, no one thinks I, I weigh quite what I weigh. Dude, I do you carry it well? Yeah, you do carry it real well. You know. But uh, and I and, and I and I'm I move. I mean, I'm not like a, you know, I, I like I'll go out with some comics and they'll be like, hey, well, we're we'll be in Cozumel. We're gonna we're gonna go to a one of our favorite restaurants. It's like a mile. We're gonna walk. Are you okay to walk? I'm like, well, yeah, I'm okay. Like, yeah, but but people are surprised that you know I don't like my weights. Never really kept me from doing anything, yeah. you know, except for maybe ziplining. <laughs> I mean, like, I'm not yeah, ziplining neither a parasail. Yeah, but so it's it's not uh, you know it's uh, but I'm at this point now between this hernia and and things slowing down and me try. I was you know I was going back into the gym and. It's just something happened, man. Between I mean, people make all these jokes about hitting forty, man. But when I hit forty, true. man, I, st- I, st- I had to get glasses. I got the bigger telephone. It's true. Like, I don't. My metabolism is is low, and I, I don't go to the gym like I used to. And so now I'm I'm really considering because I do have three young kids. I got a ten year old and seven year old twins. So like I'm I. Uh, it's for been, the kids, man. Yeah, it's for the kids. But I've been looking into it, and 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 uh, I've had. S- couple members of my family and friends that have had gastric surgeries like gastric bypass or the sleeve or uh and so i said you know, I, I think I've, I've, i took the classes i've gone through the things and uh so now it, it's there if, if i want to do it and I, i'm it's something i'm considering doing now just for the fact that uh like for the first time in my life i feel like oh man i, I don't know man i don't i gotta well i, I think a drastic measure here i can't i'm not shit i think it's Fact, there's a fat guy mentality that happens, especially with with like 
I would yo-yo all the time. And it, when I put my mind to it, I'm like, man, I'll go, I'll go to the gym and I'll just do no carb and I'll go to the gym and do a half hour cardio. And I would literally, in a month, I would lose like 35 pounds. Wow, that's efficient. Wow, and I, but I and it was easy for me to do, and I and I'm trying tell me I'm telling you I did this all through my 30s. It was mm-hmm. like on and off, on and off, mm-hmm. up down, up down, up down. Which can but what I think what happens mentally is like in my subconscious somewhere somebody goes well, well that was easy, man. You can lose weight anytime you want to, and then I would just blow back up again. But what you don't realize is every time you blow up, you don't you 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 actually gain a little more weight because your body's afraid you're going to try to starve it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Body body likes fat. So it's uh it's one of those things, but I just I I, I kind of feel I never I I kind of feel my mortality now, and I'm like okay, that's what man, I'm about I gotta, to say. I gotta make a life. I gotta make a, a long term change. So it's something, it's something I'm considering doing. If I don't go in and have this hernia fixed and give it one more shot, I, I, I it's an ends to a means. But I like I say, I know a lot of people that have done it have had success with well. it. If you realize that it's not. It's not just a surgery. It's it's lifestyle. It's fifty percent mental, and, as, and I've seen people that have had it, and we we have some friends that would go should go nameless, but have, have lost their minds after they've had it. It's oh, a yeah. bad. It's a it's a bad deal. No, no. And people can actually figure out mentally. You know the way you eat has changed. You know I found some people that figured out a way to eat around it. Yeah, oh, I yeah. mean you know there's some weird stuff, and I always tell people above the neck. Now speak about above the neck. So now since. Part of your act or stage persona is related to your weight. A little fear there. Uh, yeah, oh, tons. I thought I've thought about that a lot because it's it's how I start. You know, if I do the shows in the order I want to do them, and it's how I start the show. Mm-hmm. And I, I've thought about you know. I think in the end of the day, it's like it's funny, man. I'm 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 the king of procrastination. I I, I procrastinate about everything. And I do my best work under the gun, and I know I'll sit here and say, "Well, I need to do this, this, and this, and this." But I, I guarantee you that until I lose the weight, I won't even address it. And then I'll just—it's it, just—I'll just find a way. I'll just do whatever you know. It's just—it'll—it'll it'll come to me. And, and well, I think it. I always believe the irritation of the muscle creates the pearl, and like you will lose the weight, right? And you'll be like, "Okay, I lost." I mean, and you'll you'll quantify it. There'll be an actual amount of minutes. Like you'll be like, "Okay, I get it, eighteen minutes back." And I think you know someone like yourself. You'll but that you like the pressure. Like you said, like, okay, I don't have the time. I, I, do. I can't I do those I do. jokes, so now I got to write new ones. And you'll probably find that you wrote, my God, these are better than the I, I was. I was the kid. That I was a, I was constantly told in high school, oh, you're. I was a constant underachiever, goof off. Like I still am. And I, I made my living in high school as a test taker. I, didn't, I would get zero averages on my home. When I was there, I was there. I was 100% there. Yeah. But when I left school, man, I was done. Yeah. And I... But I was the guy that if I had a book report due on Friday, I I didn't start until Thursday at midnight, yeah. and I and I would get an A on if you read the book, and I was and, and I'm a, and I'm a test taker. If I if I had a test, I didn't even study till the night before the test. I find a lot of comics can have that mentality because I think it's part of our our nature at our core. Like uh, the we we learn the prep work that you need for comedy. But when comedy started, you were just. You know, bouncing off with your friends right there, and I think it's part of the thing. Like you don't, you're you're good under pressure. Yeah. Even as a young person, as a comic, if you're going to go into comedy, you know, you still have certain personality types. You're good under pressure. You don't mind these moments. You know, and I think you know, why are these people doing all this prep work for? Like you're like, come on, it's just always. And I think that they can start. It's just always something I've done. I mean, even if I wasn't, even if I wasn't getting paid to do comedy, I I think I'd always. I'd always be a comic, but I we, we talked about this before, and I like I don't want to sound I hate to sound jaded, but it's just 
it, it's comedy. The administrative side of anything is work. Well, no matter Big what time. you do, but 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 the actual doing comedy is just it's never been work for me. I, it's That's always great. it's always felt. Even when I had a bad show, I just it always felt natural to me. If I had a bad show, well, I did something bad or. This, they didn't jive with what I did. I'm not, I'm not a real big blame the audience guy. I think it's my well, job to entertain them. Yeah, you know, you can't but, blame but, the audience. but even I don't know. I just it's just one of those things. If it happened, that was the way it was supposed to happen. I I, I gave up a long time ago trying to change things that aren't changeable. Mm-hmm. But I think I've always I just you know it's never been work for me per se. I've just always been a, I've just always felt like it was what I do. No, and and from I'm jealous of that. I mean, this is work for me. Like, no, like comedy is a profession that I work very hard at, and I still want to get better and better. It does not just come. Like, I'm you know, a natural enough funny guy, but at my core, I'm like, I know how much work I have to put in this, and that's why when I watch someone like yourself, you do you you make it look a little bit easier than some of us think it is. Like, you know, you Happy Cole, you know, some guys I look at, I'm like, eh, they're making it look a little bit easier. And you know, Happy is Jesus, one of the reasons I do comedy. So I totally get it. Like how for you guys, yeah, it's not but so you know, hard. One thing about like like Happ in particular, like and that that we're similar on. It's probably one of the few things we're similar on as far as a person. We couldn't be polar opposites. <laughs> Incredibly fit, good looking, athletic black man, and I'm a I'm I'm look like a young Archie Bunker. But uh, <laughs> you have a face of a cherub. You're you're a pretty boy. You're, I, you are a pretty boy. You're a pretty but, boy. But like I, the thing with Happ okay. is like, like I don't Happy doesn't get caught up like he doesn't get caught up in the he doesn't want to be I I mean of course I don't think any of us would turn down fame but it, this it's it's not the end game for me I don't need to be famous I don't, smart comics want to be professional comics not famous famous comics yeah I'm I'm already you know not to sound again not to sound braggadocious but I mean I'm already Brag. I'm, I'm already I make more money than I ever thought I would make telling comedy hello. And I always said, and I and I believe it. I said always, man, if I could just support my family, take care of my family, and I did that. And for ten years, I made a great living. I've been married now, my wife now for eleven years, or three kids. But because I was able to make the money I made here and do that, she's been able to go on, and now she has a great job, and she makes more money than me. And it's like, so it's all no, it's all yin and yang. But I, I mean, I would never. Uh, of course, I would have. You know, no one's going to say oh, I don't want to be famous. But I, but I, it wasn't a. I, I won't. I won't consider. I know guys that would consider themselves a failure if they don't get a TV show or if they don't become famous. Oh or yeah, a household name. Oh yeah, we know a lot of those guys. I mean, a lot of guys that are you know resentful of having constant work. Yeah, they are. They're re- they're working all the time and they're resentful of it because they still don't you know have have a movie or a sitcom because they're not Kevin Hart. And I always tell people there's only room for one Kevin Hart. Comedy's like Highlander. Yeah. There's only room at the top, and you know, the only room for one at the top. And right now, it's Kevin Hart. Five minutes, who knows who will be? You know, to me, I'd rather be a professional comic than try to be Kevin Hart. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, I get it. But now, let's talk about food because we're both foodies. You know, Comedy oh, yeah. Fitness Podcast is Don Gray. I'm here with uh, Tony Spazito, who is a lover of food like myself. You're a, you're a true foodie. We, me and you could actually do some serious damage. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I like to I like to go to restaurants and I, but I like to cook, man. I, I when I'm home, that's all I want to do is cook. That's the toughest part of my life is when I get home, my wife is uh all she wants to do is go out cuz she's been home and all yeah. I want to do is stay home and cook. But you got a smoker, you you know, you, you, you grill, right? Yeah, I grill. You I cook, cook a lot of the meals at home. I do a lot of slow cooking. My mom is from my mom is from, from South Alabama. My dad's first generation Italian. So oh. like, you know, I watched my 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 father's father, my grandfather, I watched him cook Italian food from scratch my whole life. I watched my my mom's mother, my my grandma cook southern soul food, like soul food from scratch. And oh, so wow. I just have always 
But the smoker is my new thing, man. I discovered this. I love it. I discovered the smoker a year ago, and uh, I, I just like to I like to play around with it, man. Like I'm not afraid to. I guess that's probably why I'm good at comedy too. But I'm not. I'm not afraid to fail in anything. I, I pr- I'll probably ruin three or four good pieces of meat before I finally figure yeah. out how I want to smoke something. But once I got it, I got it, and I'm yeah. done. No, that's so. good. No, you got to. There's always a learning curve. But now, okay, now you know you're thinking about the gastric bypass. You're you know. Getting healthier, you know, the old injuries. How about food? How's food taking place? Because I know you like to eat. I know you like good stuff. We've eaten out. We, oh, yeah. The, the, we do a lot of reward eating, me and you. We sure do. Meaning, like, <laughs> we deserve this, and this is fun food. I mean, you know, it's actually well-prepared and actually has healthy ingredients, but we like our sauces and stuff. So are you making slow, Are you thinking about making subtle changes in that, especially in the way you cook at home? Well, the, the, the big deal, like, my, my wife has... Uh after we had the twins, she has a this, she had the sleeve, she had this gastric sleeve, and she uh, once you get to those initial stages, it's like a, it's probably about I guess and my and my sister had gastric bypass, uh, a couple of good friends have had. Gastric oh, so you've bypass. seen, so you've actually you've been around people, so you know yeah. exactly how and this my, goes. My, down. my sister looks fantastic, but, but she eats all day, but she just eats a small amount of food all day long. Now there's certain things you you do end up cutting out. Like initially, the, I think the hardest thing for me to to to, to not be if if I decide to go through with this is is like soda. I crave carbonation. I don't need you know even if it's diet soda, yeah. and you know when your stomach's that small, the bubbles and stuff you can't yeah. have all that air. But uh, it's it 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 only changes the way you eat. It, it, it changes what you eat for about a year, six months to a year. Yeah. Then you can start. Everything is of course then in moderation and then. Definitely moderation, which is always the key. Which is right. again, that's another tough thing for me to do, man, because I'm a guy. I've got a you know we're a family. No moderation, I'm, moderation. I'm a wholesale shopper. Yeah, I'm, I always cook like fifty people are coming over. So always yeah, big family meals, even yeah. though Dad, it's just me and you. Yeah, you know all the other everybody's is gone. Yeah, no, I totally get it. I totally get it now. Are you have you started that or is that kind of another thing you're procrastinating with? Are you going to make those changes when you finally get there? Oh, yeah, or are you you'll thinking have about to do starting? Like a couple of things like the, the one thing that, cooking. The one thing that scares the shit out of me about the surgery, and it's it's silly because, hmm. but like they usually, it all depends on the the, the individual. But they they'll, they're going to put me on a two week liquid diet. Mm-hmm. All you drink, and I I don't man. It's, it's I like tough, chewing, man. bro. I like chewing. I like food, man. Yeah. I've always had problems with shakes, but and they got to do it. It's just part of me that goes, well, look, if I was able to go on a two-week liquid diet, I wouldn't need this fucking surgery. Hello? Like, if I could do so it with hard. Slim Fast, Doc, yeah. I would have done it with Slim Fast. But, you know, I get it, though. You, it, while you're healing from the surgery, they can't the have other it. Thing, the other thing that, that I didn't mention, too, which is it's actually more of a deciding factor than being a big guy, I'm not. I, I'm, I'm not vain in any way, shape, or form. I, I, I beautiful wife. I'm happy. People. Yeah, like good me. life, I, Tony. I don't, I don't like, but uh, I am diabetic. No, uh, no. My, di- my diabetes is very controllable. But and and the FDA, they can't tell you this as of yet. But the doctors will tell you that gastric bypass is an instant cure for diabetes. You will no longer take diabetic the diabetic medication. Yeah, the whole nine yards. So. Well, it's a way really everybody yeah. has diabetes in my family almost except for me. And it's because I, I you know, the lifestyle choices I make, you know. And I can move, man. I, for a big guy, I've got a burst. But you're uh, fit. Now, you're, 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 you're well, what I call fit fat. I've seen yeah. you move. Like, there, oh, yeah. I, I know a lot of guys who have some size. Like, I mean, some, you know, John Belushi. I mean, she was uh, freaking, um, oh, God. Wanted to be John Belushi, fell in, uh, poof, 
Oh God. Oh, <laughs> Tommy Boy. Tommy uh, Boy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you're all. They also all died from cocaine overdose. Well, yeah, no. <laughs> you said it yourself. Uh, big, big dudes shouldn't be taking. Big comics shouldn't be taking cocaine. You, yeah, you know how it's funny how in this business, like you know, everybody's got a vice. But and I've run across guys that were doing coke here and there, and they'll offer. And I go, you, do you know the history between overweight comics? Yeah, and cocaine? they they drop dead all the time, and, yeah. and we know non-famous ones who have also dropped dead. Yeah, don't leave me alone while I eat this chicken. No, we'll say okay. So. Um, you're gonna get the food under control, and then um, do you, when you can, do you enjoy working out? Do you enjoy? Yeah, the I didn't, I, I'll be honest with you, man. The the the, the big things like uh, I haven't touched any weights or anything since I was in high school. I don't really have a desire to go back to that for anything other than. But uh, I do like when I when I was just going up and, and just just getting on the elliptical because I have a. Besides the ankles, I've got shin splints. I had to wear orthotics because I had flat feet. So weight bearing exercise is tough on me. Yeah, right now, yeah. So I did. I, I walked in my pool. A ton, resist, did a lot of resistance stuff. That's the way to go. I got on the elliptical because at the time, you know, you, it's basically you want cardio. You want to get the weight down. And but I, I the biggest things I noticed was I, I slept better. Like because I, I I think I burned off some energy and I kind of wore myself out every day. Mm-hmm. And you know how you get. You do get that when you get off from working out. You get that initial rush, which yeah. is nice. But then I just felt—I don't know—I I, I did feel it brought balance to my day to get this. You go to bed the, tired after you—you yeah. know—put that kind of effort. It's like a hard day of work. You go to bed tired, like you have that initial burst from like, oh yeah, it feels good to work out. But at night, when it's time to go to bed, you're like, I—I'm tired from the day. Yeah, I physically moved and output. So, you look forward to getting back into it, or is it something you look forward to? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, I'll be honest with you, man. Hmm. I, I'm not Please. one of these. My, <laughs> I'm not one of these guys that I don't think I'll ever be a guy that gets up and wants to run, yeah, or wants to do you know whatever. I'm, I'm like, which is funny because I have a I have a brother that's like, he's a few years older than me, but he's, he's just his motor. He loves his stuff. stuff. Never stops, yeah. and he he like crazy. He's like, oh, I gotta run, I gotta run. I'm like, I, you know, the way I would go, oh, I want to Snickers. <laughs> he yeah, wants, he wants no. to run. I mean, it's crazy. I feel the same way about pie. I understand. Like they like I think uh, you know working out is one of those things. It, it's a, it's an above the neck exercise. Yeah. All, all working out and it's one of those things some people love it and I think the people that really love it it's more of it's almost a mental problem like they need that output they go I think runners actually are running away marathoners and I, stuff I, I have, think they're I have not friends okay. I mean like some you know like uh, there's a good friend of ours who's a cruise director Jamie D her doctor told her you can you have to stop running for a while your, your, your shins your, she was getting shin, your shin splints mm-hmm. you got to like I know so a lot of them, but they literally man. love running. I'll run through because they, they even talk about it. we run through the pain. I'm like, oh no, I run to the pain, then I stop. Well, they, yeah, or, or they get hurts, the, they, they call that the runner's high. You know, where they get the, yeah. yeah. I'm like, oh. no, there's way more efficient ways to get high than yeah. running. <laughs> That's for sure, That's and then it requires sweating. It's not the most efficient way to go. So now we're about to wrap up, but I do want to ask you, man. You got a love of a uh, of something that uh, I find interesting, dude. You love wrestling. You and when I say wrestling, WWE. Well, it used to be WWF. You wrestling, 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 and I, you know, I'm, my last guy that I love was Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. Got lucky enough to meet him on an airplane once. But dude, you know, you have an encyclopedia level knowledge. I'll of be this honest shit. with you. There's, there's, there's few people that I know that know more about wrestling. The, the, the only person on earth that I talk to that knows more about wrestling than I do is another comedian by the name of Al Ernst, who's also a Oh, Al. But Al did, Al actually performed he, as, he a, as a professional wrestler. He actually yeah. wrestled, but it's it's just, man, I grew up on it as a kid every Sunday. And it sucks because I think about this when I take my kids to sporting events and things now. I'm lucky because I have a, a couple of friends that are associated with WWE. But back when I was a kid, 
it was nothing to go to re- the wrestling matches and be able to get front row seats or be able to go to a meet and greet. Now really? it's it's like an act of God, man. It, you know, because now they're selling out. Before I would go to. In my hometown, Sarasota, Florida, was a little, little Robar Serena. Which is that big in Florida, right? People. They're doing a lot of wrestling up in now, Florida, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they, they, now, WWE doesn't come to those little... They go to the yeah. stadiums. They're, there's 30,000 people. It's The fanfare is crazy. So it's like the intimacy yeah. that I had with it, my kids don't have. But my kids love it. I loved it. And it's it's just a soap opera for men, man. It's right? I mean, you, like the, you love the drama. Oh, absolutely, man. So my hero... I mean, I'm a big... Anyone that knows me... Knows that it's for. I have two icons. It's it's Dan Marino and Ric Flair. Like I'm a Ric Flair mark, and I, it's. You know, I remember Ric Flair. He was always spitting. He's a talker, man. Yeah. That's why I like him. He's an entertainer. You know, he got real red. You know, now which did you like better? Was it the wrestling or was it the talking? Because Talk, it oh, it's, it's always the talking. It's funny. I watch it with my kids now, and of course they're kids, so they love that controlled violence. Yeah. But I will literally, you know, we tape all the wrestling, and I, I'll skip through matches just to hear the promos, and they, my kids will get pissed. Like, Dad, Dad what are you doing? I want to see that no, I wonder what they're saying. Head smash. Oh. It's really funny, though. Uh, one of my boys loves CM Punk, uh, and he left WWE and for two years to become a, a, a cage fighter. Yeah, a cage fighter. And, actual fistical yeah. cuffs where we're actually UFC. hurting and, other people. And, and, and he, Real fighting. He lost his first fight horribly like yeah, i heard that bad. i heard i didn't see it yet and my son could not understand because again they think wrestling is real and i'm not going to blow that for them oh you haven't you didn't tell them about santa claus yet well no no they're young man i yeah. suspended belief let them believe in that as long yeah, as they okay. want but my son did not understand how cm punk could go in and, and beat up john cena and the giant and all these massive guys and how some 18 year old kid whipped his ass and it, i could see the i felt bad i didn't want to ruin it for him but i'm like maybe he'll he'll figure it out eventually uh, it's when it starts it's when you it's when you say is that dad in santa claus yeah. outfit and he loves cm punk that was his hero man and he, to see him get decimated like that the look on his face was just like what the fuck? oh did he did you, you have watched watch the movie? oh yeah that we watched it yeah was, was it, it was it horrific that see him get bloody or it wasn't he, it wasn't real bloody it just I think it was embarrassing for for CM Punk. Yeah. I mean, uh, from coming. I mean, you know, I we say that, but I mean, he, somebody cut him a two million dollar check. I'd let you whip my ass for two million dollars. Oh, you could do a lot more to my ass for two million dollars. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, it's it's awesome though, man. I I I, I do. I've always loved it. My kids love it. It's like it's it's like a common. It's a no, it's great. It's a great way to bond over it. You know, people give a lot of shit. Yeah, it's funny, man. People are idiots. People are, you know. I mean, I'm 42, and I'll have other adults come up to me and go, "You know, that's not real." And I just, I'm like, "Are you, are you, are you kidding me?" Yeah, they're 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 retarded. Yeah, they, and they know you know. you know it's not real. You just enjoy it for for exactly what it is. We all have a we all have a. I don't feel guilt. It's funny though, man. Like a lot of people, I know a lot of closet wrestling fans or like people that feel. I don't feel guilty about you. You've worked with me for a week. Every day I'm wearing a Dude, different you, and, and I dress so, like a twelve year old kid. I got a wrestling shirt on every day. And you remind me of people that like the I, the like a fade you know a fading memory of the Dudley Brothers. Oh, okay, but you bring some of it back to me. I'm like oh, that's awesome. Yeah, Flair. I mean, dude, the eighties were a good time to grow up. But every generation says that. Well. Tony, thank you so much, bro. Yeah, man. No, uh, this has been great. Thank you for putting up with me in the Comedy Fitness Podcast, even though I call it the Comedy Fitness Fantasy Football Podcast, I think, three or four times. But it's just this week it could be the, be the Fantasy Podcast. You know, I'm blending them both. I'm thinking about making one that's just Fantasy Football because I love it. But, you know, right now, I mean, I can think I can handle one podcast a week, you know, being as traveling as much as I am. But 
Dude, when I do that one, I'll come back to you again because, you know, you're fantastic, bro, and keep killing yeah, it. it Tonight good, you got, man. what, two shows? Yeah, uh, we got. I, I was going to tell the times like people are on the Yeah, I know. That really matter, matter, but, yeah. but yeah, I know you got two shows tonight. I know you got to prep. I know you got to get, get, uh, get some sleep on, man, but I really, really appreciate you coming out. And, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Comedy Fitness Fantasy Football Podcast. I want to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Title Boxing, Title Boxing Club Alpharetta. For all your fitness needs, you want to come hit where the punchlines hit really hard. Come to Title Fitness, Alpharetta. It'll be fantastic. Tell them Don Gray sent you. You'll get a discount. So, Woo! I know. Woo! Free stuff. And then we'll, we'll, char- we'll overcharge you for a lot of stuff. But you will come and we'll treat you really nice. So, Thank you so much, Tony. This is the Comedy Fitness Fanful Podcast. And I want to tell everybody, as always, remember, laugh your ass off. Thank you so much, Tony. Thank you. Appreciate it, bro. Thank you.